Chapter thirty six of the Apostle of Alaska The Story of William Duncan of Metlakatla by John W. Arctander. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Phil Schempf. A Day at Metlakatla Among the industries started at New Metlakatla was a printing establishment. One of the natives was sent to Portland to learn typesetting and printing, and a small outfit of type and hand press were procured on this press was within a year after the flitting from british columbia printed a little hymn-book or church manual as the title-page styles it of thirty-six pages containing eleven hymns in english fourteen hymns in Tsimshian, part of them translations from well-known english church hymns and part original compositions by mr duncan the ten commandments the golden rule and some fifty suitable selections from the scriptures in english and the lord's prayer and the apostolic benediction in tsimshian on this printing press also was printed from time to time with intervals of from two months to one year eight numbers of a little four-page two-column ten-by-seven paper the metlakatlan aiming to be a sort of means of communication between the new community and its friends in the states the date of the first issue is november eighteen eighty eight and of the last december eighteen ninety one as by this time i take it the readers have become so much interested in the personality of mr duncan that they will prefer to hear as much as they possibly can from him personally it will perhaps not be amiss here to reproduce an article from his pen in the first number of this paper entitled a day at metlakatla both because it in itself is rich in interesting news from the new settlement at this early date and also because it gives a veritable pen picture of what was required of this wonderful man from day to day while he was superintending and assisting in building up a new home for his people as well as his unlimited capacity for all kinds of work the article reads as follows november thirteenth eighteen eighty eight the weather this morning like yesterday is fair bright and frosty such a delightful change from the dreary and soaking wet weather we have had for the last two months having twenty-two men employed i begin the duties of the day by going to look after them i found waterproof coats were doffed and everybody outside seemed brisk and busy before i had finished my inspection i was summoned to breakfast but i told the cook to ask dr bluet not to wait for me having finished my work outside i took a hasty meal then the school bell rang and quickly one hundred and thirty-two children all with happy faces took their places in the school we commenced school as usual by singing a verse of the good old hymn guide me o thou great jehovah prayer followed and then the scripture lesson the subject this morning being the meeting of jacob and esau the children then marched to their classes seven in number the sexes being divided with the exception of the first class i have three native assistants and we go to work at what is called the three r's and soon the usual hum of school sets in we teach the children to read and write in english but i am sorry to say the lessons furnished in the primary reading books are generally very unsuitable for indian children having too much nonsense about cats owning tails and dogs being able to bark and so forth all such information appearing very ridiculous to the indian aspirant after learning 
when translated into his mother tongue this morning the reading lesson in one class was exceptionally good it was the fable of the dog and the shadow after reading the lesson the children were asked to write on their slates what they thought was the lesson the fable teaches us one boy wrote when people let fall the truth they find nothing we have no fire in our school and the building we are temporarily using is so draughty that if king alfred with his candle clock occupied it he would be obliged to use curtains to keep the flame steady i therefore gave the children ten minutes recess to warm themselves by a scamper on the beach the lively scene which ensued would take too long to describe i suppose this is the only school in alaska where there is no fire yet i doubt very much whether there is such another healthy community of children in any part of the territory as ours is time being up lessons recommenced at the end of the three school hours the children seem glad to get their freedom the boys rush to secure their wanted place for their favorite game of marbles and so fascinated are they with this game that they seem to forget they need any food before returning to school on several occasions i have caught them playing in the pouring rain and twice lately i saw them playing on the road by the light of a lantern i see that an indian boy is as proud of his bag of marbles as a white boy is a little pleasant excitement was caused in the village this morning by two men employed by our musicians setting to work to fell a huge and noble-looking pine the stir was due to the difficulty of the undertaking the tree had to be cut about twenty-four feet from the ground and made to fall in a certain direction to avoid crushing the houses near it the men performed their work admirably and were so elated with their success that they nailed a pole on top of the stump with four small american flags attached to it the twenty-four feet of trunk left standing is to form the base for a stand on which the brass band will be mounted to greet our friends or any government officials when they come to see us in the afternoon i went to our steam sawmill to talk over the work to be done with our native foreman the men have lately completed an order of over sixteen thousand cases from a salmon cannery about thirty miles off all the work of sawing planing and stenciling these cases was done by the natives and done so satisfactorily that the order given us for another year is nearly doubled i then stepped into a sash and furniture workshop lately erected by two native artisans on their own account they have managed to bring into their service a small stream to turn the wheel by which their lathe is worked the men were busy executing an order from a neighboring indian tribe for a grave fence i noticed too that they had finished a nice-looking bedstead of yellow cypress which i learn forms part of an order from portland oregon my business with them was to tender the work of making me some large windows and doors for the new school we are erecting if we can agree upon the terms i left them to think over the prices and let me know them to-night i next walked to the site on which we are erecting our permanent school and gave some directions to the workmen in the evening several of the men came to receive their wages and others to pay their accounts for lumber obtained at the mill after supper one of our people came to see me privately about a family quarrel which he wished me to help him to settle while however he was telling his story 
another man walked in to press his complaint against the man of a distant tribe a haida who with his party happened to be here for the purpose of trade and staying in the village guesthouse as it was supposed the accused man would be leaving our village early the next morning i concluded to settle his case first accordingly i sent for the native constable who holds a commission from the government and directed him to go and tell the stranger i wanted to see him and that he might bring his friends with him as the haida and tsimshian languages are totally unlike i also sent for one of our people who knows them both to act as interpreter in the meantime several persons dropped in to listen and as soon as the haida and his friends arrived we opened the case the affair was this the complainant and the accused had met while hunting bears on prince of wales island the former greeted the latter courteously but his civility was not reciprocated the haida both by looks and words and still more particularly by suspiciously manipulating his gun showed signs of anger the complainant stated that he had kept his temper otherwise he felt sure violence would have ensued in defence the accused said that the complainant not knowing the haida language had allowed his fears to be unnecessarily aroused that the angry words he used were not addressed to the complainant but to the haida in company with him and as for the way he carried his gun that was explained by the fact he was hunting bears as no act of violence had been committed or threatening language used it remained for me only to caution and instruct the accused man which i did very fully i was glad to find that my words were well received he thanked me and said he was glad to hear good words and know the law and on his return home he would not fail to tell his people what he had learned the complainant and the accused then shook hands and went away with the greater part of the audience among the few remaining were the man who came in first about the family quarrel and a haida not from the same village as the man i had just dismissed who had some trouble to tell me of the latter said he had chosen a young woman from the clinket people for a wife and both the young woman and her guardian had favoured his suit the engagement being made he went over to her tribe and had already given a month's labour to her relations for their good will for some reason however of which he professed to be ignorant her guardian had suddenly annulled the agreement and ordered him to leave the village i promised to send a message to the persons concerned by the first canoe which leaves here and when i have ascertained the facts on the other side i shall know what to advise in the case there are i am sorry to say some old customs still rife among these tribes in regard to marriage which are constantly provoking trouble when questioned individually not an indian will venture to defend them and yet they retain their hold on the public mind after the haida had left i addressed the man who had patiently waited some hours for a private interview about his family affairs the remedy for his trouble was humility and kindness these i prescribed for him and he went away i then had two foremen to talk with about the morrow's work after they had left me i took a peep at the beautiful moonlit sky soon i heard the bugle sounding in the village the welcome go to bed and then came my quiet hour for reading end of chapter thirty six